Welcome to the Big Red Rundown. I am Zane. I'm Chris. I'm Drew. And we thought that the right thing to do would be to spend our time wasting yours talking about Nebraska football, basketball, volleyball, baseball, and anything else that involves the University of Nebraska. It is bound to be the best 30 to 45 minutes of your day. So I promise, guys, we will get to talking about football. We, we would love nothing more than to talk about football, I promise you. But... Let's start off by talking about more sad sports. Volleyball. <laughs> Lost two in a row, but they looked they looked good losing one game. They they didn't look really good versus Wisconsin, but again, Wisconsin is very, very good. I don't think we beat Wisconsin in volleyball in like it's been like four years. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's been That's a long gonna, time. They I just think. Had, they seem to have our number for whatever reason. Yeah. And they're they're really, really good. I think they beat us in the tournament a couple years ago too. But the, mini, the Minnesota oh, game was electric. I wasn't there. I watched. I was watching highlights and following it on Twitter. Really fought hard in that one. It was. It was coming close. I saw. Um, oh, Kenzie Knuckles had a crazy block to end the second set, and it was like twenty nine to twenty eight in that set when she wow. had this crazy block. It was. It was really, really, really good. Everybody was going nuts. I think sometimes those really close games against good teams, because, I mean, Minnesota, they're a top-ten team now, you know, and yeah. I think sometimes those really close games, even if you end up losing them, help your team in the long run. I mean, just yep. just knowing how to work through. When you're a good team. When you're a good team, sure. <laughs> Great clarification there, Zane. Yeah, when, when you're a good team, because it just helps you work through those pressure points, you know, just those really tense situations. <laughs> and I think that in the long run, come tournament time, like, that's gonna those those games are good in, in a lot of ways. You obviously you want to come out on the other side of them, but I think especially we've got a lot of young players on the volleyball team that are they're getting you know that we've got a lot of veterans too. But I, I just think those are good opportunities to yeah. to keep improving. So yeah, that's great. We'll look to start a new winning streak against. We play Illinois on Thursday. Illinois's been really good in the yeah. past. They're unranked, but they're still they're a solid a, solid a solid volleyball squad for sure. So we play them on Thursday. Um, do, you yeah. know if, do you know if we're home for that? I don't think we are. I okay. think we're on the road. Because yeah. I think we played We played both with Wisconsin. I can't tell. Like, usually just by looking at the schedule on Nebraska's homepage, you can see, like, this is home, this is away. But the only, like, defining factor is the versus. If the versus is red, it's at home. And if it's at or if it's black, it's at the school. So it's like, huh. that's the only way you can tell. Yeah. But. I don't know. I can't tell if we're at home or not. <laughs> I have basketball. I have basketball scheduled pulled up anyway. Oh yeah, so, basketball. Did you guys watch any of the? We played two exhibition games in the past week. Were you guys able to check those out? I was not if able not, to, totally but I, I did. I I, uh, I looked up just the stats and whatnot, and it seemed like both of them were. I mean, obviously the Proust State game yeah, was. It is what it is. Proust State is Proust. Yeah, and it sounds like we were just working out some some rust some and kinks, stuff yeah. and some kinks, which you have and, to expect at that point. That's why you schedule those games, yeah. right? And Peru State was on fire. Yeah. Well, <laughs> for them, it's they were really good in the first half. It, uh, and for them, like I, there's some really good athletes at schools like that. Yeah. And that's, that's like their Super Bowl, man. They're just getting the play. Like they have a lot to prove in those type of games. Oh, yeah. And so, a lot but, of I mean, we handle a 97 58. So it's, it is what it yeah, is. Yeah, so. definitely. But it seems like the Colorado game, man, like we just put the yeah. pedal to the metal. We went through that one stretch where they were like on a 17, two run against us, but we overcame it and we still, still ended up, up stomping after them, that. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We still end up stomping them. I didn't get the chance to watch cause I was out of town, but I did watch Alonzo uh, Verge's crossover probably about oh 10 my, times. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> I, did his ankle breaker. I, I need to watch that. It's in the fr- he, he did that a couple times. It was just smooth. <laughs> he did that a couple times. And, the, and he was doing that against like 
really good basketball players yeah. too. This was not Peru State that he was he was doing that to. He did it once in the first quarter and straight up dropped the guy to his butt and then drove past him for a layup. And then <laughs> in the good. second quarter, he had a nasty dish to Derek Walker who threw it down. It they look. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to build expectation too much, but they looked really. I mean, good. Colorado was a tournament team that won a tournament game. Yeah, they yeah. lost a That's little crazy. bit, not much. They were they were a projected tournament team this year, top thirty five team, like top thirty five team in the country. That, yeah, that's a really good win. I know yeah. it doesn't. It's not. It's still an exhibition. They, I mean, but. I was watching it. I was like, okay, they'll like they were being friendly to each other and they were like helping each other up off the ground and stuff. But I was yeah. like, these guys. Like they're playing, like they're yeah. pushing each other around. They're fouling each other. Like, well, neither team wants to start off your season, even if it's yeah, an exhibition game, losing that. You know, both those coaches are like, we need to win this game to set the right tone for the season. And oh, so, yeah. uh, sure. you know, it's not like they were giving up. I like I said, I didn't get to watch it, but just even it looking was, back on on the highlights and just reading, I read three or four articles on it. It just seemed like they were playing hard. Both yeah. teams. It just Nebraska just was. Hit. They, they they. I heard the defense was stingy. Mm-hmm. Defense um, was. Unbelievable! Yeah, like they, the they, had, they were like they it held them under thirty five percent field goal percentage. Like, like yeah. that's that's great. Yeah, you know. So I think uh, I watched like four possessions where we went down, hit a three, came back and got a steal. Like wow. insane. Did you watch both games? I watched both. I didn't watch all of Peru State because it was hard to find a stream. I, oh, sure. Don't have BTN and it was like only streamed on certain things. But so, a question for you: Since you watched most of it, yeah. Curious to know, I test who looks to be the best player for Nebraska in these two games. Uh, oh, best overall player, probably Alonzo Verge. Nice. I think he could work on his out, outside defense a little bit. He's he he's he takes a lot of risks. He's a lot like some of those guys that like will go for the steal and then they just get they just kind of get blown past. But he's so True. fast. He's so good with the ball in his hand. He could shoot the junk out of it. And he can drive. He's a great ball handler. He's, I, I I've seen some things. John Rothstein was saying this too. He might be already the best passer in the in all of the Big Ten. That's oh amazing. wow. He's crossing dudes up and he's making no look passes in the lane past guys to guys flushing in to the hoop. It's like he looks really good. So I'm trying not to keep my. I'm trying like, to keep my expectations within like yeah, but it's reality. Like, but I feel like he good. was one of those. I mean. He was one of the, a tr- one of those transfers and those players coming into yeah, the team that State. yeah that I mean people talked about him but I don't think everyone anyone had like these crazy high expectations for just like this is a solid yeah. player that got a lot of minutes at Arizona State like yeah. he's going to be a good player for us but that's that's pretty high praise for him to be able to come into a situation like this with a roster that has a lot of talent on it mm-hmm. to and just to be able to for you to sit there and say like yeah he's probably the best overall pl- overall player right now like yeah that that's a that's an that's it's a huge a, win. It's man. a good story. And it makes sense when you have a five star coming in that he's the transfer is not going to get as oh, much yeah, hype exactly. as the five star coming yeah. in. So it is cool and to Bryce, see. Bryce, don't get me wrong. Bryce was our highest yeah, high score. Scorer. Let's go. Yeah. Was that, what did he look like? On, I mean, he looked really good too. He's yeah. going to, here's the thing he's going to take some time to get used to the game. I think he plays a lot different than his brother Trey. He's not as shifty and as fast and as like explosive to the hoop, but he's so long. And he can he can handle the ball really well. So the the question was who who the point guard is going to be if Alonzo Verge and Trey McGowan's go out because they both had a little bit of foul trouble, so they both were out. And then if somebody were to get injured, Kobe Webster was out of the game, so he mm-hmm. couldn't play. Huh. Who is like who's next at that point? Who's going to handle the ball? It's not going to be Kesei Tamanaga. It's not going to be C.J. Wilcher. And so Bryce McGowan's was running the point guard for oh, a wow. while. And I mean he's like six eight. 
and he's super athletic. And so he was running it really well. And he, and most of his points came in the, like the final 10 minutes of the game or so, but he was hitting threes. He was driving to the hoop. He had some nice putbacks. He had some great rebounds. He like, he does it all really yeah. well. Uh, I games think, like these are just huge for a player like that just to get their feet wet, you know, yeah. and just get him. And there was a good team. <clears throat> yeah. Like, no, for yeah. sure. Yeah. 15 points against Colorado. Like, yeah. That's a good like yeah. that's a good statement win and to hold a really good offense to only 67 points. Like it wasn't all just because they were missing shots. Like Colorado was making shots, but also we we got a bunch of steals. We were playing really intense on defense and it was it was really yeah. good to see. I'm excited. I think Hannah, my wife and I are, some of our friends have tickets, like season tickets they're splitting. Oh, nice. And so they're going to go to the Creighton game on November. And I know James has bought us all tickets, so I can't. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys. Thanks again, James. James is the freaking yeah. best. Dude. James yeah. is what the best. Guy. He's the best, except when he forgets about recording the podcast. <laughs> also, <laughs> also cool. Um, he, unfortunately, he didn't choose to play for Nebraska, which kind of sucks. But shout out to a local boy, Chucky Chucky, Chucky Hepburn, Hepburn yeah. for for uh, Wisconsin. He actually had a pretty good start to the season nice. too. Um, saw some highlights on Twitter from him, which is just cool to see. A local yeah, Bellevue local West guys, kid. Even if they didn't come. Yeah. You know, yeah. just just super cool. Wish he played for Nebraska, but whatever. I know. I'll still give him a I shout know, out. A bummer, I, I was re- looking at just some interviews after the game with some of the players, and it was interesting to hear. He said, I think it was Alonzo Verge. He was talking about how, you know, their, their team, they've been kind of fighting with each other a little bit lately. Just um, it, maybe in a good way. Just like yeah. co- competitive on the floor during practice. And he said these games were just really good to help them just kind of come together as a team. And like, we're on the same team here, you know? So I get that it, when you're on a court, especially a basketball court, I feel like you, you see it more yeah, there. You just get for starting. You, you just end up, you know, I'm guessing they're probably some push, push and shoves probably, I don't know, some oh, fist, yeah. fisticuffs thrown, you know, but, uh, oh, yeah. but, but, you know, I think <laughs> games like this where they are good just for that bonding of the team. So you actually realize, you know, even in the midst of competing with each other and playing hard and getting better, like just rallying together as a team and when you have such a young team like this that's really just being like you know put together this Mm -hmm. year um just you know i I think that's huge so uh, these games i think it was great i think that colorado game scheduling that for you know charity and whatnot was just a a good a huge win in so many ways but yeah i think this is good for the team just to get you know and now we've got a pretty manageable schedule here at the beginning part to oh yeah to continue to build some of that momentum before we get into conference play yep i would love to make it to some of these games we play western illinois and sam houston western illinois sam houston and then creighton all within a one week span and i think i think that creighton game might be like the I don't know what what I don't know what the word is for it, but it might be the like the defining factor for the the whole season. How that Creighton game goes, like if we're competitive and we're playing good against them, or even if we win, like that could be a really good it could sign be a good for foreshadowing. The, game. Yeah, foreshadowing for the rest of the season yeah. that, that could look really really, really good because Creighton has lost a lot of pieces. They're not the Creighton that they used to be. But they're I, Creighton. And, but they are Creighton. Yeah, they and still I, pull in. Great. And I'm not a Jasker, so yeah. I can't stand Creighton <laughs> and color blue. But I mean, if the ah, whatever. I, I can't. I don't like Creighton. I don't like Creighton, but I I like Kansas less. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the funny thing about Creighton. People always ask me, "Are you like a Creighton fan too?" Since you live in like Omaha, and I'm like, 
Shut you your know mouth. what? If I'm Just honest, punch him in the face immediately. Honestly, like I feel like I have to try to be a Creighton fan. Agreed. Fan. Yeah. Like I'm not a yeah. natural Creighton fan. I'm just yeah. naturally a Nebraska fan, so yep. I feel like I have to try to like Creighton. I, I don't. Hate I don't know what them. it is. I don't. I don't hate them either. I just feel like I'm yeah. trying all the time. Yeah. If they're Nebraska, not Iowa. Yeah. If <laughs> if Nebraska and Creighton are playing, I'm rooting for Nebraska every single time. Oh, yeah. 100%. But I, I mean, I've been to probably a handful of Creighton games, and I was rooting I've for never Creighton been to a Creighton game. The, I mean, yeah. they're fun. I mean, I've gotten yeah. just some opportunities to go. They've been a lot better. They do UNO game though, and and so I've. And if they're in the tournament, I'm rooting for them, you know, um, yeah. as long as it's not Nebraska, but that wouldn't happen, <laughs> you know. And so uh, I don't hate them, but uh, obviously my loyalty is is in you. So it's blood red. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's beautiful. Except for when it's football. Good thing we don't have to play great in football because <laughs> oh, we probably lose. Hey, we would do really well, mo- like at least two of the quarters and then maybe make a push at the end and then we would lose and then we would lose because that's what just we do. like every game for the all past the live long years. day that's what we do <laughs> all so. the live long day oh baby all the live long day is what we do we lose so uh let's start off talking about the football game with this statistic that absolutely blew my mind according to um the s p plus nebraska's post game win expectancy was 93 percent judging by our performance in that game and what That's happened. insane. Man, I want to see that stat <laughs> for Scott Frost's career. You know what I mean? Oh, dude. Because well, this was the 18th one possession loss in Scott Frost's 26 losses. It, it, it was. I, I think that, yeah, it, you have to call it that. I just We were just talking to the game. He's like, watch, we're going to score here, and then it's it's going to end up being I another quote-unquote close loss. Close loss. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Four turnovers. It, it, the crazy part of that, too, just going back to the first half, we should have been whooping them at that point because, yeah. like, there was that twenty-one point swing basically yep. where that pick six pick happened. Six we happened. were driving the ball, yep. so if we score there, that's a fourteen-point swing, and then the ball goes through directly through our NFL, our NFL prospect wide, wide receiver's hands. Perfect. I was at the stadium oh when that ball, gosh, like, dude, that, that play right when it happened, like you know, it's 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 kind of loud, and like you just you see him, the, you just see him break through, and it just gets, <gasps> it just this collective gasp of 85,000 people. Yeah. And then like, right when it hits his hands, it just went, Oh, oh. I like, get everyone. Oh man. It was so sad. That would have been Everybody blows different up. to the game. For oh. sure. and so that's a <laughs> 21 point swing there. Potentially. If you say we don't have that pick yeah. six and score on that drive, um, even a 14 point swing that, that shouldn't even been a game at and, that point. It would have been what? 24 to 10. Yeah. Not even. No, no, twenty four to three, seven, seven, yeah, seven. yeah, yeah, yeah. twenty four seven. So I like trying to overcome that. Oh my god! Even as poorly we played in the second half. Oh my like, god! It, it was dude. on the way go, to going towards like a Northwestern type game at that point. It really was when we just destroyed him because Northwestern we came out hot, started scoring. We did that here. You know, we hit that, we, we hit that we, ball at Northwestern. Yeah, exactly. It just we, man, we just couldn't capitalize. Yeah, and then you know everything. B- bad decision, Adrian showed up and bad decision, Adrian, which. <laughs> Blows my mind. We'll get to talking to a little bit more about Adrian and about some of these players' performances. But one of the another statistic that I think is maybe even a little bit crazier than that win expectancy stat was this that um, I think Sam McEwen uh, posted on Twitter. I can't remember one of the one of the Husker guys posted this. Two hundred and seventy nine of all of Nebraska's total three hundred and ninety nine yards came on first down. That's insane. Uh, all the rest, the one hundred and twenty yards combined came on second, third, and fourth down for the whole game. That's crazy. And I remember thinking in the years past, we were really bad on first down. And I, we kept facing like second and nine, second and eight. But yesterday, we, we were actually talking about that up in the stands. 
we would have like five, six yards on first down. We were running the ball really well on first down. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then we abandoned the run, and then we lose two yards. Yeah. Wait, how many what? times? I know. I understand when it's second what? and one. Why? I know. When it's second and one, it's like in your mind, you're like, oh, this this gives us a chance. Let's throw the ball downfield here. But that uh, when right when we did that, I was like, we're going to throw deep, and he's going to get sacked. And that happened one of those times. Then it was then it was third and five, and then we don't we don't convert. I'm just like, uh, uh, or just Adrian do, throws a pick. Uh, when you're at this point in our our season the way things are going man just do what's working you know I what know, i mean and man. we were running the ball super well it, it's just <laughs> yeah. it, and I'll, I'll tell you this guys from and i know it's you're so watching the, you guys were watching on tv but and we've talked about this before but just being in person it was so blatantly obvious that we were such a better skilled team way than Purdue. I mean, it was like on the field, that's just not an looking. excuse anymore. I know. Well, I think that's yeah. part of something we should talk about here is just yeah. like it, it was, it was night and day on the field. It was, they night, have a I couple good players on TV that, that uh, Carl Loftus, that defend defensive end that, yeah, and obviously good. bell on uh, the receiver who honestly, two, we, two plays and yeah. Cam Taylor shut David bell down. Yeah. yeah. Compared to this CG, whole season. Cam Taylor really did a good job. He uh, made himself a lot of money. Yeah. In that game. So, but it's just, that's not the first time. It was the same with Minnesota. It's just like, that's, we, I don't know. You can say what you want about Dude. Scott Frost's team. He's he's done a good job putting a squad of good players, developing, developing to the point where they are, they, they're physically developed. They've got the skills, things like that. I feel like we are better than most teams we face. Yeah. It just doesn't matter though. Like it just doesn't seem to matter. Uh, there is a something lost in in translation there with converting the skill that we have on the team to putting a full game plan, um, a full game together where we can just control the game how we want to. I've seen it maybe only a couple times in his whole his whole coaching tenure where we've actually controlled a game and actually I felt like we did what we wanted to do with the skill we have out there. Yeah. There's just something missing that we just can't, <laughs> he can't figure out, man. And it's I know, four dude. seasons of it. Yeah. Four. It's been the same thing exactly for four seasons. And you, everyone was pointing out too at, at the end of the game, like everyone's like, it looks like Scott Frost has finally at that point where he's like, I don't even know. I don't know. Like, yeah. he's like, His I don't know uh, yeah. what to do. Yeah. And apparently, like from post game, yeah, he even said that. Yeah, he's, he he he's just he just left the locker room and said, "Hey, captains, address this team. Like my speeches, whatever, whatever I say seems to not work." So okay, well here's the, the locker thing. Room. Your captain. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's, so here's, he's getting here's he's getting thing. he's getting animated here, guys. Your, your, your captains aren't even playing good. So <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> your four year starting captain threw two interceptions. And made some of the worst mistakes I've ever seen in my life. How, what, do you, what is he going to say to the team, dude? Some of those interceptions, dude. So okay, bad. that one, this last one was the worst to me because that guy, I don't even remember who it was because it was so bad. Wide open in the middle of the field, he just comes cutting across. Dude. Adrian, the ball flew ten yards over his head. I'm and like, he even if that's oh Austin Allen gosh. out there, that I ball's know. not getting caught. You know, like I know the Austin Allen pick. Like I'll give that's the one play I'll give props to Purdue. The guy just lit him up at when the yep. when he and the guy Austin just dove and made the. Made the, that, that's one of those plays like okay that one was not adrian's fault that wasn't I'll, austin allen needs to pull that in but he that the defender Adrian's came hanging him out to i know that the defender the hate came in and just him. busted that ball up and that guy made, dove made the play but the rest of them were like 
such boneheaded the, the mistakes were, yeah. that pick six was just like the laziest play I've ever seen that little shovel pass thing. I'm like, okay, man, Dude. how many times have you been in that situation and lost the ball? Good just, mistake. just go down. Like, and I know he's trying Threw to make it right plays. into his bread basket. And then that overthrow, him, uh, you know, the one they overthrew with that pick was just so, so, so bad. Yeah. I mean, there's the, the, I know for sure, Sam McEwen, if you, if you're listening, follow Sam McEwen on Twitter and he's go to follow. his, go to his, <clears throat> his line. I think he's one of the more level headed analysts and media members. He, he always speaks truth, like just. Yeah. The clear cut truth. There's he, not you a critique, whole lot of you critique any because emotion. you care, right? He does, yeah. and he cares definitely. But he shared the a thread of Nebraska's possessions where we did that. We got it was second and one, and we we got up to the line and we were look. It was one of those. It was a trick play. We'll pull, yeah. we'll pull it that. I don't know if you guys remember. There, everyone's looking at the sidelines. Nebraska turns back immediately and snaps the ball, and all of Purdue's guys are offset. Like yep. they don't know where they're at. Yep. They're they're like yep. looking at the sideline, and so I like looking at the screen. Adrian gets the ball, and he's standing there. Great protection for literally four seconds, and then he uh, he gets sacked by Carl yep. Loftus. Yep. But. You're looking at the screen, both Manning at the top and oh, and Oliver Martin are wide, wide open, open, wide open, wide open. Yeah, I remember that. And play. he's just standing there, looking at the middle of the field for a tight end to release or something. Get sacked. Very next play is when he gets sacked and throws that throws shovel that pass. Oh my gosh! Yep. Very, Very next, next play. play. I remember that. Dude. So, and here's that. That's the other thing. I was just. We're sitting there watching these two teams play each other, right? And Purdue, like, their game plan works. They're, they struggle scoring points. They've scored enough to beat us, you know. But The only other that, time they rushed for 100 yards was against they, they, UConn. They did have their <laughs> running back back, though. So, um, But anyways, they... T- they the, they were he just gets the ball out quick. Uh, I mean, he wasn't yeah. giving us. That's the thing. We did not get pressure on him at all game. Well, and but he was getting yeah. rid of the ball really quick. The thing with the thing with Adrian, like our O line actually gave him time all Plenty. day. He Plenty. had a, he just takes More so long to get the ball out of his hands that he misses the first, second, third opportunity when they're open, which is what Purdue kept hitting. Like it was just those quick routes. Adrian forgoes those things, and maybe some of that scheme. I get it. Some of those like passing plays, maybe are just slower developing. I don't know. We, uh, but we, he misses those and waits too long. And yeah, every once in a while that pays off, but most of the time you end up missing it. And, and that's then, where, and what, then the play butt breaks down, and that's when you get sacked. And 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 then he refused, refused to take off running this game. Oh, it's two games dude. in a row. There was one yeah. play. It was third and long. Yeah, he's a hundred percent. It was it was third and long, and we sent like everybody deep and. The, the defensive line just was like, it's just like the parting of the Red Sea. He had, I'm not yep. even kidding, a 10-yard wide gap to run up the middle of the field and probably nobody within 25 yards of him. There was not a linebacker to be seen, nope. anything. He could have easily run in yeah. 15 yards there. Yeah. And and he ends up this. He ran, the, to the, he ran to the sideline and then got pressured by yeah. a linebacker and then ran out of bounds yeah. short. He had the ball for like 10 and seconds. That play, man. And that was and in he, the fourth quarter. Yeah. Who, oh, dude. It was just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially Here's so, the thing. I'm just going to culminate all of that to one word, coaching. And I'll just <laughs> I leave agree. it. So, yeah, that, that frustrates me when we do have, like, don't just wait for the long, big play all the time. If you have guys open, hit them. Like, don't hold yeah. on the ball. Like, I think back to the first touchdown we had with Omar Manning. Hit him. Let Omar Manning make a play. Make the, make the yeah. Omar yeah. made the he guy the miss. Work. Made it to the that end was zone. A beaut- like, that was, like, my favorite play all season. That was yeah. great. Like, that I want to see. Just- 
I, I think we have man. playmakers on the side. Like, yep. let's just get them the ball and let them make plays. Yeah. And it seems like we have to wait for the Hail Mary almost every single time. In order and then they to, drop like, the ball when it's right in their the helmet like, or in their hands. I think we have speed. I think we have guys that are shifty and strong enough to just get them the ball, yeah. and let them make plays. You don't have to hit the home run every single yeah. time. But it seems like this offense is home run or bust. And that's it. Right now. Well, what yeah. makes... Well, which doesn't make sense because that Except wasn't for Ramir Johnson. We yeah. <laughs> what that makes Ru- Adrian great it, when he's on that level is when he's running the ball well. Yeah. And, yeah. and when he t- he adds that the threat, that threat and that crease to his game, it changes how you have to defend him. He was not running the ball. They didn't have to defend that because he hasn't been running the ball the last few games. Nope. So it, it, just think back to the games where he's taken over a game. It's when he's got 250 yards passing and 100 yards rushing. Like, what do you do with a quarterback like that? He's going to just pick you apart yeah. hey, one way or the other. When you take away his legs and you just sit there with Adrian's arm and decision-making, you're going to have four turnovers every single yeah. game. It's just that is not his strength. No. It's just not. And, oh, man, it just it killed it. I so I, I had to listen on the radio because I was on my way home um, from out of town. And I w- remember specifically it was the first drive of the second half and i'm like all right this is going to tell me how the rest of the second half is going to go and we got the ball to start so we got the ball first and 10 give it to ramir johnson he goes for nine yards yep second down we lose two yards on like a pass play or something i think adrian gets stuck behind the line now it's like third and four third something like that now we do a pass play incomplete pass we have to punt Yep. Yeah, and I remember that happened. It was the same almost series as that one that he th- ended up shovel passing. Yeah, yep. it was like the same thing. It was almost the exact same. Yep. I remember series, yeah. listening to that series on the radio, and I'm like, "We had second <laughs> and one." Yeah, Ramir has been playing a great game. Like, yeah. why can we? Yeah. Uh, that's I just, what I'm saying. I'm, I, I'm like, I understand this is how this game's going gonna it. go. That's, that's how it's understand going for because you only have a yard to go, so you might as well take a shot. Then you have a yard, but then if you take a sack and it throws you off, like out of do what's sec- working. Yeah, you know what? Just do what's working. And they they didn't have an answer for Ramir or or Yant, right? When Yant, like when Yant was man, Yant, give him another year to develop, Dude, man. Like really I'm telling good. you, he he has that when he sees a hole, he just hits it hard. And he's he, he he's got a few things he's got to work out. You could just tell he's not quite fully there with like just he's not he, he's not consistent on. Fast. Oh man, but he's deceptively fast yeah. for his size. Oh too. my gosh, when he hits yeah. that hole. Like I don't think people people expect him he's just to be where at a certain spot. And all of a sudden, he's past him. Like yep. that one big run he had. That like you just saw like kind of linebackers like slow down to get him, and all of a sudden he was just past them all. Yeah, and you know, give him another year. I think he's going to be something special. But yeah, just and Ramir, man, Ramir looks good. Yeah. Josh has been he's been a, such a great surprise this season. Like, yeah, I, I honestly I picked him as a player. He's going to transfer out. I just thought he would. Well, after this year, maybe he still does. But you uh, know, um, he I just thought he was buried in the depth depth chart. But he is tough. Um, he's he's fast. He's learned to not dance as much and just hit the hole and get the yards. And man, he's been a, he's been an impressive. Isn't player. it wild that we haven't seen Marquis step at all? At like all. not even yeah. one snap. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's just it's kind of I just never, like wow yeah I don't wouldn't know have expected still, that if he's still nursing an injury or what's yeah. going on there but. I like the I like the one two punch of Johnson I think and, I think so too I think those are the answers and Yant, yeah. I think I think they they were obviously been the most consistent have done the most with the hint, with the touches that they've gotten even with Yant messing up a couple times and getting pulled in the in in games like he had a pretty bad Minnesota game and and lost a touchdown for us by getting stopped on the goal line and tripping over nothing but. He had a really good game. This is yeah. th- here's the thing, though. We had like 115 yards rushing or something in the first half with Yant and Johnson together, and then in the second half we had 
nothing. Like it just stopped. It went away completely. Why? What's Which the, what's apparently, the game plan change? Apparently, Purdue made some adjustments. Of course, on the defense what end. The, but what? Th- but like, we still had glimpses that we could run. So it's like we just abandoned it really and quick. Why is yeah. it only? Why is only one team capable of making in-game adjustments? Well, I feel like that this year we've be been better strength. in the second half than the first half because especially I, third I, quarter. I, that agreed. I feel a like, terrible third quarter. I know. I feel like this this season we we've seen a change with that, and the adjustments on our side have been good. And I would say at least defensively, that's true. And that it was Def- We we. I don't remember how many yards we held to the second half. It wasn't a lot. Um, and, and so we made good defensive adjustments second half, but our off offense did not adjust to their adjustments. And yeah. honestly, I don't even know what they were doing differently. It didn't look any different out there. It we just, look any we just stopped running the ball. Yep. Okay. So here's a question yeah, I was thinking out. about. Yep. Obviously since the Michigan game, this has been a completely different team. It feels like, like this Nebraska team now just doesn't look the same team that played Michigan State doesn't look like the same team that obviously played Northwestern or Michigan I'm like what the heck happened after Michigan that we now lose to Minnesota Minnesota I can kind of understand with eight straight games but still we just we just didn't want to play it's we like never want to play against Minnesota. yeah did it did did losing those two close games that felt like we should have beat the top 10 teams did that take the, like all the I know they like using the word juice <laughs> did that take juice. the juice take all that and motivation out of this team. <laughs> and now they're just kind of playing like what kind of now looks like a little bit of a Mike Riley team. There's just kind of like, I don't know. This next week's going to be interesting because it's either this is this week feels Top like three okay, Ohio State now our team is home. either just going to lay down or we're going to continue to be competitive. Yep. I think I don't this, know. I think that's what it is. I, I think yeah, I agree. It's, I, I think it's a mental thing, but I think so. I think the team. As much as everyone in all the in all the JoJo domains on the team talking about fair weather fans, which that comment kind of kind of upsets me a little bit, and we can I talk get about it. That He's frustrated, bit. man. I oh. get it too, but dude, we've dealt with so much. <laughs> yeah. But going back to it, going back, well, I, we could touch on that later. Going back to your question, I think the team really, really, really expected the Michigan State and the Michigan game. They were ready. They came in. They did everything they possibly could right and still didn't win. They I, beat the other team. They, they just lost the game. They games. beat the other teams in every way, in every way. Lost to Michigan State on a punt. Bad punt. That's it, okay? And then we lost to Michigan because of the refs. That's it, it's, yeah, okay? It's hard to argue that either of those things. So. Even when we do everything right, we can't win those games. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I think that as much as they don't want to believe, they don't want to say it, I think that was just the the ice pick in the heart game over. Like there is no chance now in a lot of their minds and maybe even a lot of the coaches minds and a lot of the players, even if we do everything right, we will not be able to win these games. So we're going to show up to Michigan and we're going to sleepwalk into the first half or Minnesota. We're going to sleepwalk into the first half on the road and think maybe because we did so well last week, we'll be able to just kind of work our way through this win. Nope. Didn't happen. Nope. And then, Two weeks, and this is my biggest qualm with the the Frost coaching staff, with two weeks of preparation to get healthy and to formulate a game plan against a team that you have tons of tape against that you know you can beat, you can exploit all of their areas, you lose at home mm. after two weeks, after a bye week. Like I think it's it's to the point where this next game will determine 
will de- it will determine everything genuinely. And it, you know, as much as anybody, we've been on this podcast talking about it would be the worst decision. Listen to any podcast before this. We've mentioned it. It would be the worst decision to fire Scott Frost in the middle of the season. They're not going to fire him before yeah. the end of the year. But if we go into this game against Ohio State and it's just a slaughter, the team's not ready, no adjustments, can't do anything right, the stadium will be partially empty. Nobody's like yeah. nobody's going to pay $60 to go watch us lose at home. The only reason they the might want to go see the, the potential like a p- potential playoff team maybe, but you maybe. Know. <laughs> but even that like <laughs> yeah. If it if it goes the way everybody's expecting it to go, right now we're only a 16 point underdog, which is crazy because Penn State was a a, a 19 point yeah, road underdog. Yeah. It's, it, home, it's like if if it, if we have been playing it, good good teams well. We've been just, playing we good just, against good teams, but here's the thing, Ike. This next game, I think, like Chris said, it, it like this will be the defining factor. Yeah. If it goes poorly, and then Wisconsin's caught their edge as of late, Iowa's looking like they're going on the decline a little bit, but still, like we're gonna, we might go three and nine this year. Like it's a very, very real possibility. And, and I just, I don't see a scenario where after having the last three seasons the way we did, that the way they were, COVID year or not. And we go three and nine this year, even with the hard schedule, but with how many seniors we have and everything we have going for us, yep. I don't see a scenario where we go three and nine and Scott Frost keeps his job. I, I just don't. I don't either. I just don't. And I, I honestly, if we just get blown out this game, I, I, I'm, I agree with you saying it. It doesn't really. What's the point of firing in the middle of the season? But I wouldn't blame him. If, I wouldn't if, blame him either. If, if he, no. get, if we come out and get, and then we get, a, we we hear on Sunday morning that they've let Scott Frost go, I would be like, yeah, that sounds about right. And <laughs> and it, I guess we get the heads up on the coaching search things I like know, that. That's the thing. That's what. That's how we kind of ended up getting Scott Frost in the first place. Is a little bit like, yeah. I know you know what I mean. And so, I don't know. It just that, the, and, the masochist in me wants us to fire him so that we can suffer for yeah suffer for a day. And then see the light at the tunnel. If anything, start talking about these if new anything, coaches. It, it just brings like this new sense of like excitement. Like yeah, kind of. You know what I mean? And, like I hate coach ser- coaching searches, but I also I'm sitting there watching my I love phone it. You know, the whole time. I like, love it. I know. At the same time, it I is, love it. I, I don't want to have one for another carousel for a reason. Yeah, carousel, I don't, I don't, number one amusement park. I don't want to have another one <laughs> for 25 years after if we end up getting going on another one. I, I didn't know. want another one for 25 years after Gary, the Frost. Gary one. Patterson could coach for 25 Maybe years. Just, probably. You want to jump into that? Yes. So yes, I I first want to agree with you, Drew. I've been looking at this season two different ways. If we go three and nine, I'm like I don't see how we keep Scott Frost. My only, th- and I almost was thinking here. Here's kind of where I feel like I landed. If we go four and eight, if we win one out of these next three, mandatory of course position coach changes. Like something happens in the coaching staff this offseason. Four and eight, like but Frost gets another chance, but mandatory change in the position coach. Three and nine, Scott's out. And I feel like if we go, I mean, five and seven. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think he stays. But yeah, I agree. That's the, I think if we, I won, if we went two of the next three, I can see like okay, but it's almost that, that frustrating. Will, that, all thing, that, you know, like all that will show me though. All that will show me is that he hasn't lost the locker room. Yeah, that's all it will show me. That, it will yeah, also which, show me that he still can't win. Yeah, he he still lost to Minnesota. He still Illinois, lost to Purdue. Minnesota, still lost to Illinois. Purdue, and we have, and it's not even just the season. It's been the entire Scott Frost era. We're yeah, we're it's the thing, man. It's we're negative collective. against those teams. We're and zero and nine against Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa since he's been the coach. Yeah, zero and nine. People, I remember Bo Pelini. That was the big knock on him. Is like he couldn't win the big games. I mean, obviously he had other issues that they yeah. were dealing with. He, but he oh, also, you would lose to Wisconsin. You lose, but like. 
he didn't lose to Illinois, Minnesota, <laughs> Purdue. Like we actually, we, <laughs> we you like know, murdered it, them. <laughs> yeah. It just, if, if that was a knock then. I remember he lost to Wisconsin in 2012 when I, Bo Pelini, here's a good transition. And I'm going to, I'm going to pat myself on the back for this transition before I even <laughs> give it. So this is a good one. <laughs> In 2012, Bo Pelini lost to Wisconsin 70 to 31. Yeah. 70 to 31. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember the that same game. year, Craig Jerry, or uh, what's his, what's his name? Sandusky. Sandusky, yeah. everything at Penn State went down. Yeah. They are banned from bowl eligibility. They can't play bowl games. Guess who takes over? Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Yep. And guess what happens? They, they go eight and four for the rest of the season yep. after all of everything that happens, and they beat Wisconsin. 24 to 21 in overtime. I saw this on Twitter the other day. Bill O'Brien right now yeah. is is the offensive coordinator for Alabama. Yeah. Yep. Led, led Penn State back to literally back to national prominence yeah. after one of the worst scandals in all his college football. Went to the NFL and won playoff games. The only issue came when he tried to be the general manager and the head coach yep. at the same time with the Texans. Yep. That's it. I do like that. And right now he's leading one of the best offenses yeah. in the entire country. He's, Yep. We've been talking about coaches earlier this season. He was one that I kept bringing up for that very reason. Cause like he's got big 10 experience. He's got, you know, if we're looking for coaching coaches to hire, he'd be right at the top of my list. I That's, mean, I, I've got a short, a uh, short list of people I'd put up there and he's probably at the very top of it. So. Well, I like this. Cause we, Chris and I were talking before the podcast. He's, he just asked me straight up, like who, who would be your ideal coach? And so I don't, I don't know if I have like one ideal t- top of the iceberg coach that I would love. Uh, top of the iceberg. That's not even the, the right saying. Tip. Tip of the iceberg. Pinnacle coach, Pinnacle. whatever. <laughs> but I found this this tweet from Nebraska Nightmare on Twitter. If you're listening to this, Nebraska Nightmare, I appreciate you letting me use your list. We reached out yesterday and I asked him. He said, it's totally fine. He or she, I don't even know it's how sexist of me. But he gave, he gave uh, this person, this person, Nebraska Nightmare, they're, they have a list of coaches that are available at the moment um, or, you know, who's not available at the moment, but yeah. uh, head coach for Baylor, Aranda. Yeah. bien uh, the Chiefs offensive yeah. coordinator, Eric bien Bradley, the Panthers offensive coordinator, Matt Campbell at Iowa State, Chad Well, Coastal Carolina's head coach, Clawson, Wake Forest's head coach, mm-hmm. Mario Cristobal, Oregon, DeBoer no from Fresno State. I don't know about that one as much. Fresno State is ranked. Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Getting back into the he's going to the Big Twelve next year, but he could come back to the Power Five. Probably the the headlines against Nebraska versus Ohio State. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, Cincinnati guy. Sure. Uh Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, Pat Narduzzi from Pitt, Bill O'Brien from Alabama, and Ed Orsron from LSU. There's some names that I list, like. Man. There's some yeah. names I'm like, no, nope, no. Nope. What's, yeah. what's your number one? What's your number one on that list? And I'll, I'll give you guys the list. Yeah. What's your number one yes on the list and your number one no? So for me, I would think definitely number one. Number one for me, would love to get him, Lane Kiffin. Really? I would, I would love <laughs> Lane Kiffin. You would Kiffin. want Lane Kiffin, man. <laughs> we got the ties. Yeah. He's still got the, the Lincoln ties that yeah, everybody everybody and their mom and their grandma and their grandpa and their uncle and aunt would love to talk about because it's whatever everybody from Nebraska, born in Nebraska, born in Lincoln. Yeah. Dad was a coach here, whatever. Lane Kiffin would be number one yes for me. Number one no, Ed Orgeron, oh, simply dude. for the fact yeah. I don't understand what I, he's saying 99% yeah. of the time, <laughs> and I don't want to have to deal with it. Yeah, I'm with you. I think on that, if I had to pick a number one, yes, I would say O'Brien. The only knock is he's a little bit on the older side, but like I think he's a good, you know, probably 10 year guy. Um, Pete Carroll's 70. I know. It. Dang. <laughs> 
Um, How old was uh, Bill Snyder? I think, I think a, a, a close second would maybe be Aranda at Baylor. Like what he's done yeah. with that program in the midst of, midst of that. I really yeah. like him. Um, yeah. But I would guess I would totally agree with Ordron being my no just because – also, I, I, I think he's a good football coach, but you're right. Just the, I don't think he fits in the culture here. No. I just like, I can't imagine sitting here listening he's a good to recruiter. him. That's it. He, he is, but yeah, um, yeah he, so I, I would go staff. That's I'd go sure. O'Brien's my yes or drones my no. Kiffin is like, that guy is polarizing. He, <laughs> he is, is a good man. coach though. I'll tell you what, he, is. he gets the, he, he is, but he like I, I have something about me just does not trust that dude. I just I just can't even put my finger on it. Yeah. I don't want I don't want to take a personal attack on anybody. I feel like I took some against Adrian. Adrian, I love you. I know you're a, a young guy trying to make your way through in football. That, none of what I was saying was personal against you. And Lane, I just I don't want to attack Lane Kiffin personally, but I don't I can't put my finger on it. I just I, it's probably yeah. like what he did with like jumping around teams so quickly and yeah, like with the whole Tennessee, USC, man, yeah, Tennessee USC Tennessee to, and all that. And part of me is I think I'd probably just lean into loyalty a little much and yeah he probably wouldn't he he i don't think he'd leave Ole miss because he's starting to settle in yeah so i agree he's got I think a good bill o'brien bill o'brien didn't take the offensive coordinator job at alabama to be the offensive agree. coordinator for 10 years you yeah. know he wants to be yeah a, he wants to be a head coach so yeah. Yeah. uh before i say mine i want to say this and i think we can all agree I don't think anyone is excited to just boot Scott Frost. No, Agreed. absolutely no. not. Especially it, us for like a variety of reasons. Really actually. I, it, yeah. it, it, it's really sad, actually. It sucks. sucks. It, like, it genuine, that's why it hurts so much watching these games. Yep. Yeah. It, it, it sucks. sucks. It almost, like, I'm not letting it ruin my day, but it almost just ruins my day when we yep. lose. It, it's, it's one of those things where, it, I, if I'm honest, it's, it's kind of, it gets the excitement again of thinking who can come in because I'm tired of watching us lose. Yeah. But, this one hurts. This Mike Riley didn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I but agree. Everyone this one, was like, we wanted it to work with Riley, but it's like, nah. All right. And I mean, we tried I've, so much. But it just hurt. It sucks because I think the whole state wanted to see Scott Frost do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, no one was rooting against him. Like Frost warning. We we yeah. wanted this to work from really, the really bad. Game, it, just, it just first hasn't. Game. Yeah. And so, like... I never like. I just want to like first say that like, man, I wanted this to work with Scott Frost. It just doesn't look like it's going in that direction, yeah. which sucks. I, and it, it, even Adrian Martinez, I like the guy as a Agreed, dude. Man, yeah. he's a leader off the field. I wish it would work out with him, but something is just not going right. It's not and I just want to say, I am bummed. I am bummed that Scott <laughs> yeah, Frost dude. is not working out because he looks like Nebraska. And but with that said, the guy that I'm looking at that I really do like. Is a Rand out of uh, out of Baylor? Yeah. So he has. So right now he has this Baylor team seven and one. They just beat Texas. Mm-hmm. He was also a defensive Stop coordinator for Atlanta. Wisconsin. Yeah. So he has oh, Big yeah. Ten ties. Yeah, he, was- he knows how to play Big Ten. He just seems to be one of those guys that can build a good culture. Um, he he's actually more of a defensive guy, which could be refreshing for Nebraska. I yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm liking what I've seen from him. So he be if I do like the O'Brien, but if he says no, I, I really like. Aranda from Baylor, yeah. a guy that I, for some reason, just don't want to see. I think I'm just kind of past Matt Campbell. I agree. Yeah, I think I, agree. I think he's, he's just yeah. not the fit for Nebraska. Agreed. I yeah, think he I like he's doing great things at Iowa State. Uh, I just he's don't, doing he's doing all right. He's doing all right. He's doing great he, for Iowa State. Yeah, for Iowa agree. State. Yeah, he's well beyond. He was in the Big Twelve championship last year for yeah. Iowa State. That's I think true. that's I think that's good. But I don't know. I just well, don't see him coming to Nebraska. How do we feel quick? How do we feel about 
Bob Stoops. So I was. I think you make the call. I said we should. I said I was just going to say we should. Let's go through another list of like just some random ones. I will say I wouldn't like. I think the Luke Fickle hire would be good too. He does have. Yeah. I don't think he comes to Nebraska. I don't don't think so. I think there's a better job out there. I think he's going to USC or something like that. Yeah. Maybe LSU. I mean, he's got some. I I I think he'll go somewhere else. But I wouldn't be mad. Actually, I'd be like, that's a pretty good win. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I was going to say, let's bring out some other coaches that it's like. There's probably no way they're getting here. But like, if we could dream a little, and I think Bob Stoops is a call you have to make right why not bring him him just that's like steady proven and like even if he's like a five to eight year guy you know what i mean just come in and bring some stability to the program there's no way he's not i'm sorry guys like he's not going four and eight and three and nine and all these these, he's just not gonna have a season i'm not saying there won't be a slow start but he's gonna he knows how to coach a full team run a program put a game plan together and and at the the highest level exactly so to, to me that's that would probably be my very first call with like very low expectations yeah. of it going anywhere. Dude, you know what I mean? He coached in the he coached the Dallas Renegades in the XFL though. No, hey, watch <laughs> yeah. out! Yeah, he'll yeah. coach Nebraska. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess that is true. He's got it. He likes his. He's doing the studio thing, and I yeah, don't know, he like, looks comfy. That's he, for sure. Yeah. He also looks like he's in good shape. Yeah. He, he's got great Maybe hair. He's just rich. his eyes at, are very soft. Yeah, look at. <laughs> He, yeah, look at like Mac, swoon yeah. in into being there. Look, at, look at like Mac Brown just doing his thing at you know at, at North Carolina, is coming back and is you know I mean good for you, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, Nebraska, North Carolina in the points that bowl next yeah. year. I don't know. Bob, <laughs> Bob Stoops, Stoops is the call you got to make. Uh, yeah, Bob Stoops. Yep, I think Gary Patterson would definitely be a, a head coach to call. He yeah. absolutely turned TCU around from complete irrelevancy to pot like and I. When Nebraska was really bad, I was watching TCU like heavily with Trevon Boykin and Gary Patterson the year in 2014 when they went undefeated and didn't get to the playoffs. And I genuinely think they could have won the national championship that year. They blasted they good, Ole man. Miss. They were really blasted good Ole Miss in the in the Peach Bowl. I, don't, I think Gary Patterson would be a great coach to call. Also, my number one, without question, dream coach of that list that we talked about, Lane Kiffin, I think would be the best. But my number one dream coach would be the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, coming. He's young. Yeah. He knows how to. He knows uh, how yeah, to do it. Cool. He like he was a great quarterback at Boise State. He was a great quarterback in the nfl backing up tony romo and backing up dak prescott and now he's literally one of the best assistants in the entire nfl i just think he he will be a head coach someday he will i think they would go more proven guy that can run and put a team together because kellen moore would be similar to the scott frost hire it would be similar um Except without the head coach, or Zach experience. Taylor from the Bengals. Yeah, I think Who, those are those are people that are worth calls. You know what I mean? And I, I bet uh, Trev Alberts would call both of those guys, at least the Zach Taylor one. Just yeah. To, but the Nebraska young coach thing, this t- didn't work, and you usually end up like going opposites with hires. Yeah. And so, like, I think there were definitely names worth throwing out there. Yep. Who do you got? Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't know. So this is this is never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. But I just like this guy. Tom Herman. No. Okay, good. Also, I do want to add about the Gary Patterson. I don't know if I'm on board with Gary Patterson. Oh, I don't man. know. I think he, I, I feel like he's past his time a little uh, bit. Yeah, he, I don't, I'm with you on that. I, I, I think I'd saying. be a little, uh, if he came to Nebraska. Last hire, I was, he was one of the guys on my list. I'm like, yeah, this would be a good hire, but I, I think don't know. I think he went 130, four wins, wins and 60 losses. But hasn't TCU been pretty TCU? down the last four years? Yeah, he like, has been down. Kinda, like, like, I just don't want to bring a guy who's years, been down. Really. Yeah, I agree. Past and then that's kind of like building Mike Riley in in some ways. Right, I'm it's, not it's saying like he's Mike Riley, but no, you know what I mean. Like, absolutely. Yeah. But okay, dream, nothing. Okay, he's this is never, never going to happen, especially after 
one of his last press conferences. It'd be so fun to see Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Oh Mike Tomlin gosh, be the head football coach <laughs> of Nebraska. Hey, there's oh, not man. a booster with a big enough blank check, so yeah. I'm just saying that. No, absolutely not. Did you, if, once you've seen his press conference, when I uh, was asked about the USC job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's I, not uh, coming to coach college football. Ain't happening. But uh, the I one like guy I would... I've just I've always really liked him. I like how he coaches. I like his personality, and I, I would definitely make a call to Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. <laughs> I know he's it's one of those I'm things. I'm a man. Yeah, I'm for it. But like he his team always they're always right at the top. I think he's just like that personality you want. He's he's a little bit of a Ted Lasso type character, but <laughs> he is like he just is. Yeah, but but I I, he, I don't think he, our pockets are deep enough. Even our, like they've got him. He's, yeah, he's, he's doing he's pretty well there. He's doing pretty good at all, with the uh, booster that he has pretty, there. Pretty so. consecutively. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I want to so. throw I want to throw this out there just because there's talk about it this season. I don't think this is the right. Just curious. Just throw it out on the table. Hear your guys' thoughts. Eric Chenander, do you do you give him a shot? Do you just let him I go? Didn't interview him. Like uh, I think. What do you what do you do? What do you do for Trevor? Like, 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 you know yeah, what I mean. Players really like him, and he turned that defense around. Really, I think quick. he gets an interview, but I don't. All of the guys came back. They want to play for him. He's a good leader. He's he knows football. He knows how to read offenses. Obviously, because he's a D coordinator. He he can he can actually coach guys. It seems like he's not afraid to make the decisions necessary to win football games benching lamar jackson putting in guys that know how to play make developing luke reimer into a starting lead big 10 tackler for from a walk-on like like he knows he knows he can get the coaches around him travis fisher's a great secondary coach i think i think he'd be a great coach i genuinely do i think if if it were to happen fire scott frost after ohio state let him coach the last two games See what, see what happens. 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 Kind of like the Bo Pelini situation, right? Like when Bo, Bo ended up coaching in the bowl game. And, then and we Ben Cotton. Yeah. Yeah. And we almost ben beat, and we almost <laughs> beat yeah. UCLA. I, uh, yeah. I, I just want to throw I, it out. I see him getting a smaller. I, I think he'll be a head coach somewhere, like maybe at a, a non-Power 5 school, work his way up. And I think I think at some point we'll see him as a Power 5 head coach. Yeah. I just I think, thing, I, I think they would probably go with a fresh start, somebody not in this coaching squad, because it's just, you know what I mean? I, the, yeah. the smart put your money on something that Trev Alberts, I think, would do. would He would he would put his money on something that's more proven. And that's just the way I see it. And he's just a smart guy, man. I, I really like him. as a. There were a lot of people that were against when, when we hired him as the AD, but I, I think it was a great move. Yeah, I think it was a great move. Yeah. yeah. And he will it, not fire Scott Frost without having already had interviews and hot pretty practically hiring the yeah. next head coach. Yeah. That's the thing. Like that's who he is. That's who, who he always has been. Everybody kind of recognizes that. So here's what I genuinely believe will happen. Um we won't fire him. We'll give him we'll give him the rest of this year. He'll I'm sure he'll beat one of the last couple games, and everybody will be like, "Yeah, we were, but we were, we were pretty close this year." Next year, we'll do a little bit better. I, I don't think, I don't think that the the next decision is firing Scott Frost. I could be wrong, and yeah. I don't think I would be mad if I'm wrong. If I had to put my money on it, I think I'd probably be with you, Zane. Like, yeah. I just, I, to me, it's like I can't see going having a three win season on year four after these first three and not firing him. But like. I, I if we win one of these last games, especially like Iowa, and like just coming on ending a season on yeah. that, knowing our our schedule next year, if I really had to put money down, I probably would be with you on that. Yeah, that, that I just don't fire him, and but. and that's so far have we fallen. But the next coach that comes in will have the lowest expectancy of any coach in the history of <laughs> yeah. Nebraska football. Yeah, literally, literally, don't only, be last in the Big Ten West. Only win six games yeah. and get to a bowl game. Get, get to a bowl game. Scott Frost. With Nebraska. Scott Frost's expectations coming in, we all know, way too high. <clears throat> way too high. Way too high. We expected him to win the Big Ten West in, in year two. Yeah. You know, like, 
And then going into this year, Bill Moose, well, I expect us to be competing for the Big Ten. <laughs> okay. Like, we're still way too high. The next coach that comes in, make a bowl game. That's yep. it. You know, that will be the expectation coming in. So that will start Nebraska's route to try and still get to a bowl game. We'll, we'll still have hope fluttering, though, hope against Ohio State this week where my wife will predict us to lose. Let me pull up her prediction. She said Nebraska will lose 35-13. to 13. Mm. So 35-13 Ohio State wins this week, according to my wife. Yeah, my wife Alyssa said 21-24 Ohio State. So clo- That's close. That's close. Dang. Oh, That's close. Yeah. Wife Morgan got 38-10. to 10. Nebraska. Oh, oh. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I think I think it, this is another one of those games where it's going to look closer than it is. I think uh, maybe maybe not. Maybe in my mind, I, I'm going to convince myself that it looks like Nebraska. This is another game Nebraska probably could have won, but kind of gave it away again yeah. at the end. So 34 to 30, Ohio State, which is only based on blind luck and hope. So 34 yeah. to 30. I'll go 35-17, Ohio State. Just they covered the spread. They, I don't know. I just don't have a whole lot of hope for this. Yeah. Or yep. for or for anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think uh, there's no hope. <laughs> I think Ohio State's playing It'll too good. Nebraska's been playing too bad. Ohio State forty nine to seventeen. There we go. That's a rough Dude. one. But we'll see how it all plays out. Tune in next week to see how that game played out. In case you don't if you don't want to watch the game, that's okay. We understand. <laughs> just come listen to next week's podcast. Watch Nebraska basketball we'll instead. Watch Nebraska basketball. I promise Basketball's it will be cool. better. But we do want to thank you guys for listening to the Big Red Rundown, even though it's been a rough year. We appreciate it, and we hope that you're enjoying this as much as we are. We're having uh, a blast. We genuinely still are, are loving it, and we want to talk about what you want us to talk about. So next week's episode, we'll be we'll just talk about whatever you want to talk about. Probably the Ohio State game and basketball and volleyball, but uh, we'll, pro- we'll we'll preview the rest of the year, kind of look ahead to the bye week, see if we'll actually win a game after a bye week. But. Again, we want to talk about what you guys want us to talk about. Drew's shaking his head. No, we will never win another football game again. 0-5, baby. 0-5, yeah. Great coaching. But um, we love talking about what you guys want us to talk about. So send us an email, post on Twitter, subtweet, whatever the things are called now. Um, And you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Just give us some good reviews if you feel feel like it. Share us with your friends and family. Um, We would love to to get our, our listeners up there so we can just continue to grow and talk about the things that you guys want us to talk about um yeah follow us on big red <clears throat> follow us on twitter at big red rundown and send your comments and questions to big red rundown at gmail.com we will see you guys next time